It's that time of the week again. It's time for the MLR Roundup. Me and Dave out here enjoying another weekend of Major League Rugby, giving you the lowdown on how the matches have gone, as well as um, dropping in with a little bit of foresight for next week's games as well. Um, another solid week. I'm going to stop that there because, again, don't want to. I don't know the words or anything, so it'd be a bit redundant of me to play it on. But just a nice little lead in there, Dav. Um, Good weekend of of, uh, of games again, mate. Not bad. A lot of points on show, that's for sure. Um, yeah, there's some. I don't know the highlights. Some of the highlights have been very, very impressive. Again, um, not necessarily good results for us personally. <laughs> no, um, a bit of a mixed bag, shall we say? But. Um, I mean, do you get? Have you watched any of the full games? I watched the I watched the replay of the Houston game to go obviously the, the kickoff time difference. I watched the replay today when I got back in of the uh, Saber Cats Warriors game, uh, and I've seen the highlights for pretty much all the other ones. Go, I know there's some that have literally just finished as we start recording this this uh, sort of little pod, so we'll get a bit of fresh take on some games as well. But uh, yeah, did you catch any? Um, I have seen highlights and highlights alone. I'm afraid. Um... Yesterday, all the games were on late that played yesterday, so I didn't see any of them. And then, unfortunately, Aston Villa were on TV, so I was, I was watching them instead of instead of New York. I can only apologise. Um, I can only apologise to our one American listener that David has picked Aston Villa, the mighty Aston Villa, <laughs> over uh, his beloved uh, um, United New York. As we will come to reveal shortly i made the correct decision (laughs) (laughs) um where should we start man i mean i think on our prediction list and that here and talking was i've got uh nola versus atlanta first so should we start there um yeah and i've got a nice little i've got a nice little pun here again here we go Uh, um atlanta make nola take silver down in the bayou there you go it wasn't down the bayou, was it? It was it. Oh, was it in Atlanta? But, well, but... Yeah. take silver back to the bayou. Ah, there we go. Yeah, um, Atlanta just are. We've said this before. They just they are an unassumingly good team. Um, New kids on the block, looking good. Yeah, the um, I mean that's a good thirty-eight twenty-eight. Obviously, high-scoring game. That's a that's a. Good job, I see. This Nola team looked good. It's their first time they've travelled. They haven't travelled well. Deep South Derby. They've come up short. Um, but I said Atlanta are just chugging along nicely. They are, like we said before, they're a dark horse. They mm. are a very dark horse. They could easily slip. They're just, they're always in games. And then they were the winning games like this. Um, and for, all the highlights I've seen, unfortunately, were just the Nola tries. <laughs> so, um, I can't... I, I, from what I've seen, I've seen it. Yeah, from what I've seen, I don't know. Like, because I watched like the extended sort of highlights of the replay. I don't know whether like Nola just looked a little bit sluggish at times and a little bit tired. I mean, obviously, the game they played last week was a really intense high scorer, and, and as we know, sometimes you can expend a lot of not just physical but emotional energy in a match. And I don't know whether having to really drag themselves to win that game and really sort of you know get themselves out of a couple of tight spots have just meant that this week maybe they're all a bit emotionally drained still and they just couldn't get there, but they just looked ever so slightly off the pace. And like you've said there, Atlanta are strong at home and they just, just, but it was just from what we've come to expect from Atlanta, really, 
you know, solid up front, uh, quite, you know, unassuming, really nothing too too mad and out there in their overall game plan. They've just sort of really just ground them down and, and done well. So, you know, kind of like a Northern, I kind of get the feeling like a Northern Hemisphere team a little bit, kind of like a, like a Leinster, like a Saracens almost. They've got a little bit about them, Atlanta. So I, I think, you know, based on this performance, that's put them in a really good spot to make that playoff. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very tight in this the Eastern Conference. I genuinely think anybody could qualify. Um, they also seem to be beating each other at the minute. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that I, again, puts them free. That puts them free and free. So you know, a fifty-fifty team. I, I think. Uh, I think everybody in that conference is going to end around fifty-fifty. You know, I I think it's it's. Um, it's going to be very, very tight. I think they might end up, if you look at it, an East versus West kind of uh, battle, I think that the Eastern teams might sort of, you know, like uh, like punch themselves out before they get to the playoffs because I think they're going to have to fight so hard to get in there. Um, yeah. it Maybe they'll come out the other end, like, fit, like yeah, primed for a, a knockout playoff game. Or maybe they'll just go there and they've just got nothing left in the tank because it's, as I say, week on week, it, it, there seems to be no one can put a run together. It, form seems to just be meaningless. It, it's And I think the West is more of a done deal. We, I think today, spoiler alert, Los Angeles is probably all but secure their playoff place already. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I yeah. think the East, I genuinely think it's going to last weekend. I think anybody in the East could still get through. It's... Um, so tight, but it's really it's exciting to keep track of, isn't it? Because you just know that every game matters so much. Yeah. Well, uh, just to round off this one, then. So prediction uh, from last week: um, it's one nil to you, Dave. After this game, you backed Atlanta. I backed the Nola boys on the road. I thought I, I just thought based on how they played, they might have that. But yeah, maybe just a little bit tired, as I say. And the big thing about Atlanta for me, and this is why I liken them to a Saracens or kind of Leinster, the efficiency in their skill level is really high. The quality of their passing is really positive. So it's, I don't know whether they've assembled their playing staff like that or they've worked on that in the, in the sort of pre-season, but the skill level is really sharp in Atlanta. So they are a clinical team from what yeah. I've seen of them. They just, they're, they don't, they're not, some of the teams in MLR are, are, are quite flash and they are quite workmanlike, but they just, they, do the basics well and that is that takes you a long way as any team you know you can yeah i I think games yeah yeah, i think games where they can set the standard and the tempo they they always look like they can win i think if maybe if they were playing at nola this might have been a slightly different game they might have got you know slightly sort of put into that sense where they're on the back foot a little bit i think when they have control of a game there they take control like they went in leading at half time 23 21 close game but then they've come out the second half and put a couple more scores on the board to sort of secure that game. So I think when they have a chance to be in control, that they take over. So I think if you're going to beat them, you've got to drag them into a bit of a sort of straight shootout dogfight and and sort of you know get them off their stride. But uh, good win, good win for Atlanta. And uh, yeah, one nil to you, David. Congratulations. I've got LA uh, and San Diego up next, and as you've already said, no shocks there. I think maybe the Biggest shock is, I don't. There isn't one. I can't, there's nothing I can muster out of that as a shock at all. Only forty-five points, I think. Especially when they scored three tries in seven minutes. I think yeah. it, was, it might have been seven. It might be four. They were 
out the blocks and every single one of their tries as well was just really good rugby um three tries in the side the first few minutes the game was over before 10 minutes in um just really just a really good team um i don't know if you've seen van der Merwe's try that's very oh, very uh, good off off the penalty off the kick penalty yeah nice yeah. the old the old very... uh... Well, there was, there's been two of them this weekend, Dave. Mm. Um, there was one in, in one of our other games as well. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I don't know which one it was. I think it might have been the Houston. No, sorry, the Arrows did it to, uh, yeah, uh, Montero scores in the corner after um, the Arrows p- played it against uh, New York. But we'll leave that for later on. I don't want to rub mm. too much salt into that fresh wound. But yeah, no, LA are just sharp as a fucking tack, aren't they? And, you know, it was the sort of California derby, which I love about this league. There's so many like little rivalry games, like interstate rivalries or within state, uh, you know, rivalries and, yeah. and fair play that they've come off and, and they've won comfortably there. Um, you know, uh, big, big shout out to Angus Cottrell, man of the match, putting a really, really, really good shift for them. Uh, deserved his man of the match award. And yeah, I just think the big thing is they, they just look like a proper team. They've been put together really well. Their social media is amazing. You know, we've shared a few of their clips and stuff like that. Uh, and you can see, like, you know, scoring off the first phase when a team's doing that, you know that they're in a really good position. So, yeah. I mean, that whole, uh, with everything except the name and the badge, <laughs> the I whole... Mind, I don't mind the badge, like... It's like even if they were called like the Cosmopolitans or something like that, that would be better. But Giltini is just a terrible like name for a cocktail in in general, anyway. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's it's just a shit way to build a, a brand around to name the the team is named after a cocktail, which is named after the owner. It's, yes, very eager. Very, it's, you know what it is, Dave? It's very American. It very is. American. It is. Um, yeah, it's absolute worst, isn't it? It's, uh, it's every bad trait you can think about America rolled into one naming of a sports team. But the, the brand itself, though, is just very clean. And I mean, like, they've got probably, uh, I, I'll call out, they've probably got one of the top five rugby stadiums in the world to play at <laughs> week in, week out. <laughs> I saw a few of the clips pre-game. Um, of just like guys with the players were like at the top of the stand doing panorama stuff. That stadium is just unreal. Like yeah. imagine that being a full house for like an Eagles game, like the USA playing there or something. That would be incredible. Like that's where we were talking about uh, spoiler for Wednesday's episode. We talk about spreading the game around a bit. Play there. Imagine that like, you know, England versus New Zealand in LA. <laughs> it would be or yeah, well, a ble- I mean, Bledisloe Cup game out there or something at the Coliseum. Yeah, well, it's right. It's, yeah, it's right next to like the LAFC stadium. So it's it's like in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. You know, it's, it's right just in and around South Los Angeles. It's in the thick of it. The, what like what a buzz they would get for home games with like staffing and stuff like that. And and obviously, you know, it, it's just yeah fantastic the you know memorial coliseum it's the olympic sort of stadium wow just how special must it be to be a player playing that i'm very very jealous of, of those guys but yeah no big shock there um we both predicted an la bonus point win so uh 
you know, two one there at the moment to you. Um, but yeah, no, no real shocks there. A good effort by San Diego. Obviously, they're missing, you know, their their sort of marquee player and Chris Ashton. Uh, Chris Ashton, sorry, Chris Robshaw. Uh, I'm making up rumors now for the MLR. Well, Chris Ashton moves teams so much he could be moving from Worcester to uh, to LA. I'm calling it now. This time next season, Ashton in LA. Watch this space. But um, yeah, so no surprises there. Um, both on the money. So fair enough. Next up. Um, Houston versus Utah, and I've put in my notes here defense optional. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's literally all I, I watched the whole game back, and all I can really say about that game is I mean, it's a 94, 93 point thriller. But I'm getting so excited, I'm mixing up my words. 93 point thriller, that's right. You've not just heard a cricket score, it's not like 91 not out, it's 93 points shared between the two teams in a game of rugby. So exciting for the neutral, heartbreaking for a, a sabre cat such as myself. But uh, yeah, just again, just it's just a classic kind of game that we've seen from the MLR. It's a straight shootout. It's like punch for punch, and one of them's landed more than the other. You know, one yeah, of them's got a bigger be, fat lip. <laughs> you'd be upset to score forty three points and and lose. Um, I mean, if you as a sabre cats fan, I suppose you've got to take the positive of its two points on the board. <laughs> it's a it's two points, point. two points on two points on the road, and I'm going to call it right now. The guys looked really nice in that yellow kit. The uh, the chain strip is nice. If you haven't seen it, have a little look at the MLR page. It's, uh, I saw I saw some of the highlights of the Utah tries, and they just they almost cut and paste the way they just ripped through. It was defense optional, but Utah looking back to I guess back to their best. Houston go from drawing a blank for two weeks now have the opposite problem where tight two games tight games they lose. They're now having just ridiculous encounters. It's like they can't make their mind up. They want to be a a tight club they want to be you know a bit of a, a wrestling match a bit of a slog they want to just be free scoring they 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 benefit from a little bit i don't know if they've got a defense because i haven't had enough time to really like review the entire structure of the club yet per se and see the staffing but by the look of it on face value they'd benefit from a little bit of defensive work just because um you know, which I don't know if that's maybe not the way that they want to go. Maybe their philosophy is, you know, kind of like Brazil of the 1970s in football, which is going to score more than anyone in foot defence. We're going to play with like two at the back. It's kind of, it kind of looks like that a little bit because you, their outside edge defence is very weak indeed. Very weak. And that's why you say there's a lot of cut and paste tries. That's what it was. A couple of crisp passes get towards the outside edge in the 15 metre channel. And then it was arms free offloading. And you can see defence on an outside edge. Yes, you can back off and jockey a little bit but you can't back off and jockey as an attack's coming forward. You've got, you've got to wait for where an attack's playing nice and deep to get it out wide, and then you can back off and let them come to you. But when an attack's coming forward at pace, you've got to meet them because otherwise your tackles are always going to be weak and the offloads are going to come. And that's exactly what happened three or four times. And, you know, um, I think there was, again, there was like four or five tries in the opening 12, 13 minutes, which is just unbelievable but so, so a great game to watch i enjoyed watching the replay but yeah i think from someone me who uh, you know coaches and, and there's a little bit of a defensive that's one of my probably my strongest point player wise when i played you know it's a little bit hurtful to see that i think they need a little bit of work on their connectivity in the wide channel send your cv out there dad <laughs> yeah well you never know when the saber cats need a hero so 
one of their own they can call upon. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll um, relay back to my days coached in the University of Derby when we only conceded, I think one season we conceded like four tries in 10 games or something like that. So, just, you know, I'll send I, that out there. To see it, Utah, their fullback and their winger, who's unfortunately named Escape Me, they just tore Houston a new one. It's oh, um, on that Mikey Mikey Teo. So he's he's got he's got Eagles caps. The the fullback for Utah. So I think he was. Do you remember where he was? He wasn't at Utah. I don't think before. Yeah, he's, but he. Uh, they just yeah they ran ran right. Obviously, I mean Houston, they've lost, but to score forty three points, you have to do a bit of attacking yourself. Um, they seem to have. Definitely got rid of that that zero points, whatever f- funk they had on them a couple of weeks ago. Um, but if you've got to keep them out the other end, in many ways, the other end is 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 more important in in in, in winning games of rugby. And um, yeah, I, I think you know that this might have just spelt the end of a playoff charge for them. You know, it puts them it puts them in a position where, you know, they're they're firmly in a losing record now. Um, just sort of reviewing before, just quickly. Yeah. So it's it's put them two and four. So and yes, they've picked up two bonus points on the road. I know San Diego haven't picked up any points today, so it actually only put will put them like a point off San Diego, but it keeps them down in fifth. And I just yeah, I, I don't think it's playoffs for Houston. I think Utah. I've got a really good chance of the playoffs. They've got to play Austin, I think, again at some point. They had a close game the other week. So that'll be a really good game in the return fixture. Yeah, so I'm looking at the standings now and Utah are in pretty pretty good stead, it seems. Again, I say relatively unfancy. Obviously, Austin have got to play later tonight. So we'll have to add in a little bit to, for their game. Um Recorded probably tomorrow before this episode goes out on Monday, but um, Austin and Utah now seem to be the ones who are fighting out for that second playoff spot. So I think because of the points they seem to score, I'd put my money on Utah. I just think mm. when it, I always think when you're a team that kind of keeps it tight. You cannot lose games, but you might struggle to go out and win games. I think when your team can go out and score points, you you can go and win the big games. So I would put that money on Utah, but it's it's going to definitely going to be interesting out there in the West to see who can get well. I expect that second playoff spot. Yeah, I expect Austin to go for a bonus point win tonight, which we both predicted as well last week. So I think that that will set them in a good position. And then yeah, it's going to be a straight shootout. And I I guess that yeah, the thing is really if. Um, you know, if they go and beat Houston again, then that will put them in a really strong position. Um, so, I think if you were, if you were a betting man, you know, it's either one of those two for sure who are going to be joining, um, you know, LA. I just think San Diego just seem like they're falling off the pace a little bit. They just don't seem like they can hang um, in every game that they play. But, uh, yeah, I think that kind of spells the end of the playoff charge for Houston at this stage. I know, obviously, there's probably like four four games or so to go. I just don't see them winning four out of four to take that spot because they're going to probably need to win four out of four. Yeah. Um, shame for Chris Robshaw for his debut season. Obviously, I hope he's there again next year to get a full season in. Obviously, that injury more or less just put a pen for the end of his season. Yeah. After the start of it, he couldn't 
couldn't play for being naughty. Well, well this so. is this is the thing. It's it's a short season, so if you do get a bit of like a mid range injury, like maybe like a hamstring tear or something, you you you're done, you're buggered. But it kind of adds to like the jeopardy of the season a little bit, you know. In terms of like I know we spoke again our episode that we coming out on Wednesday, we spoke about maybe having a similar structure in the Premiership because it kind of adds that little bit of of jeopardy where like yeah, if you do fall off the boil for a couple of games, you you're in a really tough position where you've got to win and win to make the playoffs instead of you know yeah we know we can sort of you know win win 12 lose 12 and we'll you know be in europe yeah. and that'll be all well, right. i think but it's um there's nothing to that, pay for outside of the playoffs for them so they need to fucking get at the playoffs it's the same kind of formula i think you know like the nfl where they've only got 16 games which yeah yeah it's but not it makes every game matter but yeah but say a team that starts a season well but then goes off the boil a bit and they end up finishing around that sort of 50 50 split they miss out and you yeah it's um it does especially those later games this season it does it, you've got to be on your metal every week i think it's a good format i like we say on wednesday i think it's a good way to uh to to to, to, to have that something to play for that you know gives every game you've got less games and a, a, a attainable target you know it makes games matter um, mm. Move on to the next one. Yeah, so sorry, uh, we had, uh, both went Utah BP oh, win. Of course. So, ah. so 3 2 to David Nurse currently. Well, here we go. You have to get everyone done with. I was, I said last week, my hunch was I was worried. <laughs> boy, <laughs> was, boy, was I right to be. <laughs> In. It is a rivalry as well. Toronto and New York, they're closer than you think, despite being two different countries. And uh, the Arrows clearly wanted it more. 53-12 away from home against New York. What was that, sorry? 53-12. I, uh, thankfully, I was watching... New York. In New, in New York, York. oh, they've taken a chunk out of the Big Apple there, haven't they? They have indeed. You, they've pierced the heart of the Big Apple, like William Tell, to make an arrow-based pun. Um, I've, I mean, because of the way we record this and the fact that I watched Aston Villa instead of this, I've not actually seen much of it. Uh, I'm just I've, I've uh, a couple, saw the first half highlights. Yeah, I've looked at a couple of clips and like. You know, a try after two minutes for uh, New York. They looked strong. Um, it wasn't looked... that bad at half time. Yeah. I thought, oh, they're down, but they're in the game. But no, no, they were not. The second half, Toronto blew them away. I was have to I mean, well, watch it back again. This is a massive rivalry game as well. This is like the the Niagara Derby, if you want to call it something yeah. like that. Like the two the two states. You know the two big cities of each state coming against each other. Like this is really cool. Like the only way this could be like more of a rivalry if it was like a team from Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. like um, which there may well be one day. Who knows? That'd be a really great expansion for the league because obviously it's, it's a really great city. Um, but anyway, yeah, just um, just looks like from the early footage that um, Toronto just sort of caught them napping on a couple of occasions. And I think if you're always in touch at half time, it's going to go one of two ways. And I don't know what uh, Rob said at half time. Maybe he's uh, he's rolled, you know, snake eyes and said to the boys, "Just go out there and play." And they've they've gone out and, and and played. And yeah, you know, great result for Toronto. They needed that. They needed that because they've yeah. been so struggling. Uh, and mean, it's bad they had for that. New York. Well, I see Toronto been struggling. I'm I'm fairly sure that puts them into a 
into a good. They took the top of the Eastern Conference. Would you believe? Uh, yeah, fact, with with Nola losing as well. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it puts them third overall. They've had that slow start. Obviously, you know, Rob Howie hadn't quite got into his role um, as. He's not even head coach. He's, I think mean, he's vaguely involved, but he's. he's you know, We're he elevating. Yeah, he loves to gamble, and he's involved with Toronto. And you know that you know, he think he was, you know, maybe he's too close to Atlantic City out there, and he wanted to go and have a get on the slots. I don't know, but now with you know, as we said last week, a week we took it. Let's put his arm around and go. No, coach, the gamble is not for you. It's rugby is why we're here to, to make this well, game great. I mean, but, I mean, it just shows how good this league is getting because, I mean, uh, you know, looking at the team sheets today from both teams, I mean, you know, the fullbacks of both teams, Tuchelet and Foden, that's two guys with a lot of international caps between them. So, you know, and, and this Toronto team, albeit maybe lacking some of their Canadian stars because they're at different different teams and they're spread out across them a lot, quite a lot, really. There's a pretty good team there with some names that you recognise. You know, Gaston uh, Mieres um, from the Uruguay team who turned over Fiji at the World Cup. Uh, Lucas Rumble is a sort of standout Canadian international. Uh, then looking at that New York team, you know, likes of Nick Savetta, who's played Premiership Rugby. Um, Apanisi Kakabulavu, uh, the winger, I think he's played some super rugby or might attend cup and stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's good players in this game. So it's really that is that is a surprise of the weekend by a mile. And you I know, I can't extent, wait to actually I mean, watch it back. To be fair, we spoke about this at the start of the year. So in Toronto, we expected to be quite strong and they were poor to begin with, but they're kind of playing into that form mm. that the team sheet suggests they should be at. I mean, New York, we spoke about as the playoff prospects from the East and it's sort of everyone else to fight it out. But, I mean, just the the, the margin of victory. I know when, when New York lost to, to New Orleans, obviously I watched that one and it was, they, like, massive their own downfall. They tried to play too much and they got caught out. But when you lose 53-12, that's, you've got a paste in it. You can't have been unlucky and, you know, played your tried to play a bit too much and had good spells to get that. That's you've just been thumped to be limited to 12 points as well. Mm. Really positive for Toronto. And is it now top of the East third overall, they've gone from almost being two or three weeks ago. You're thinking, well, they're no hope as they now they the East's best hope. Um, Cause I mean, we saw about New York. We want to see New York, um, Los Angeles, but on the basis of that, <laughs> as, as, as a New York, I'm not sure I want to avoid Los Angeles at the plague um, into as late as possible. I uh, certainly don't want that to be a um, to be a playoff game. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 a big blow for New York, really, is because if they got that win today, they they're in a strong position to pretty much you know not guarantee a spot, but in that kind of like thinly veiled sense they'd be pretty confident about get, getting a spot so that's um you know that's a, a real sort of shame for them but again it has split that eastern conference wide open that is beyond competitive which in, which is another great aspect of these sort of smaller conferences that it is every game is so competitive and, and the division is so competitive a team who is in like fifth now if they've not lost every game if they go on a bit of a run and win their second half of the schedule they could maybe make the playoffs still with, with in that conference anyway, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, no, bad one there. So double whammy, Dave, for you. Obviously, you backed your boys on the BP. Loyalty has paid you no favour, sir, because I have backed the Toronto boys for the BP win, and uh, that puts us free all on the night. So free, uh, free on aggregate there, Dav. Next up is a game that's currently ongoing, and in a nutshell, because I'm sure you'll give us a quick roundup at the end uh, tomorrow morning when you upload this, but in a nutshell, it's not looking positive for me. <laughs> it's currently 27-7 to uh, DC at half-time over the Free Jacks, and I obviously I believe back, uh, it has finished. Well, has it now I've finished? Got, I have got it on the MLR website. It says final score, so I believe them. And uh, 22 for the Free Jacks, 35 for DC. Not, um, not a bad not a bad second half, and they've come back no. into the game a little bit. They've won the second half, which is the classic coach cliche when you're getting a bit of a shunting at half-time. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've seen that a little bit in the MLR, where a team that's almost gets a job done, and then the other team kind of comes back in. But, I mean, 35-22, DC... I think they've underperformed. I saw them play a couple of games. They look really good. They got some really good players. And just not seem to be able to win games. And New England, who um, they seem to be not, again, not whipping boys, but they are just can't again. They're one of those teams that put good patterns of play together, just cannot win a game, it seems, regularly enough. Um yeah, it's very I tight mean, though. Is I mean, there's only five points separating top from bottom of the Eastern Conference, but it's another defeat for Three Jacks and Old Glory DC. They get a good, a good win. I look forward to see some of the highlights of this one. Again, it's literally yeah. must have just finished in the last sort of half hour. So, yeah, I'm just just having a quick look here. There's a couple of clips just on the Major League Rugby page, and you know they actually take the lead. They took the lead after seven minutes with a really nice little kick in behind, and Dougie Fife amongst the tries again. The man from north of the border um, has, has grabbed a couple of scores. Again, it seems, by the look of it. So fair play to him. But yeah, just just maybe, you know, just a bit of overpower in there. Um, you know, it just looks like they're, yeah, a bit too strong. D- DC, yeah, you know, they've got some good players in there. So f- fair play to them. But uh, well, on that one then, Dave, we can confirm, it actually puts you 4-3 ahead on the night. So uh, it's all riding on the Austin-Seattle game. Uh, to kick off is not kicked off yet. I don't think that's one that we're going to have to find out about tomorrow morning because we can't sit here and chat shit until that game starts and gets going. Really, um, we've got to get these predictions done for next week so we don't end up sat here all night right. long. Um, did we? Did we both go for an Austin win? Yeah. So and that I'm, means I'm, I lose either week, way. The strap is firmly around my waist again for another three, week. three weeks in a row. Dav, it's not looking I good am, for me. I should I should get a crown to wear when we record this now. I am the king of the record of the uh, predictions. Sorry, I think. Yeah, I, bow down, Daniel. Bow down in the presence of greatness. <sighs> I mean, how long? You're running out of time to even try and claw it back for the season. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. There's still like another thirteen weeks of the season left. But three and where are you going to come back from that? All I can say, Dave, is that I currently now have. I have crippling depression. That's what I'm dealing with right now because of that loss. <laughs> yeah, well. Three weeks in a row. Look, fair play, buds. Um, hopefully, um, my actual coaching abilities is better than my predicting abilities. Otherwise, 
could be a long season when we actually finally get started after this COVID nonsense. So, uh, but no, congratulations. Well done. Well deserved. I'm just, you know, a bit closer this week, at least. I've been taking a couple of tannins in the first couple of weeks, so at least we've got it closer. Um, should we get some predictions in? Um, and then I guess we can just chat a little bit, a little bit about, a little bit of shit about the MLR in general. See, you know, see what if there's anything... Anything new popping up? I saw JP Doyle's obviously out there refereeing now after being released by Prem Rugby. So great for him to be out there sort of, you know, helping enhance the game a little bit in America as well as getting a bit of a paycheck. So fair play to him. And obviously having such a high quality ref is essential for a league to uh, sort of be relevant, I guess, and, and on form. I think well, it's, it's one of them. It's, it gives the league just even more of that sense of credibility when you've got an elite level ref at, you know, their week in, week out. I think it's a really important thing. Um, I say it's quite good to see him doing the rounds on obviously the social medias as well. It's nice to see a few of the other, I mean, I know that the rugby network is, is rugby pass, but um, obviously rugby pass's main page is sort of sharing a bit of MLR stuff. World rugby have done a bit of MLR stuff as well on their stories. And like, I'm glad that the league is getting shared around because um, I think for rugby's future as a whole, it um, it really needs sport to succeed in America. So it's it's good, mm. and it's again it's that sharing sharing the wealth more again on topic for for Wednesday's episode. But that you know that idea that you know say it's something as simple as sending JP Doyle just to referee. It's that and okay, you know bit old and you know let go from the premiership now but it's still an elite say it's that elite level ref he's i imagine will be doing a lot of work with the other referees you know helping out just the game in america from top you know at least or the referee inside of things which is such a good place to start Ooh. with anything you know Oh, exciting. So I'm just looking at the fixtures. And yeah, I completely agree. It adds that legitimacy, doesn't it? And and I think, like I said, we need to hit this market because America is the biggest market in sport by an absolute country mile. Um, I'm just looking at the schedule then for this week, man. It's the first, I think it's the first round of the cross-divisional games. So obviously the, the, each team plays uh, in their conference home and away. Uh, and then they'll play uh, the other six teams in the other conference just once. And obviously, kind of like it will change each year, kind of like how the top four, uh, pro 14, sorry, goes. But uh, yeah, it's the first round of cross divisional games. So just the four games next weekend on Saturday and Sunday, two apiece. Um, first up, we've got the Free Jacks at San Diego. This, for me, in its own way, is the most interesting game of the weekend because two very indifferent teams both coming off the back of of a of a loss you know um and kind of one of those where it's kind of hard to pick because they're both so indifferent and they're both struggling a little bit to sort of pick who's going to win this one yeah you gotta they're probably both got behind this one up to say this is this is where our season sort of turns around now um, so I guess the irony would be if it was a draw. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard to say. I think, by and large, the three Jacks have been close in the games they've lost and San Diego have been blown away a couple of times. But saying that, you know, that doesn't mean that 
New England aren't going to lose close again. Like if they just can't, if they're struggling to just get wins, San Diego are not a bad team by any stretch. So it's very hard to call. Four at San Diego really as well. It is at San Diego. It, I, oh, I don't know. I my initial instinct is to say that New England have generally been close in their games more, and they'll if they get it right this week they'll win. But Again, sometimes if you're a team that's just a nearly team and you just always seem to you know, never quite get, you almost drop your standard every week to whatever you're playing against. If, if that's the, the kind of rut they get stuck in, it, maybe it doesn't matter, they might lose. Mm. It's a way, a long way. It's literally the length and breadth of the country to travel. That is the furthest uh, away trip, I think, surely. It's got to be uh, Southern California to Boston. Uh, well, the way around, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think travel alone, you go. It's like us saying, "Oh yeah, we've got a game this weekend in Istanbul." So, <laughs> <laughs> geez, that's a long uh, coach journey. Yeah, um, I've I've got over the home team. I think just because of the travel. Yeah, I I think looking at it, I just think for me, I'm going to back the away side, um, just mainly because. Um, I think, like you said, they are a bit of a nearly team, but nearly's got to become the full bang at some point. And I just feel San Diego missing their sort of marquee player in Chris Robshaw. Africa's done well for them, but I don't think you know he's going to win a game for them on his own. But you know, struggling to have that firepower up front because they're missing some of their key guys. I can just see New England turning up and getting a, an away win. No, no bonus point or anything like that. I think it's going to be a really close game that. They probably grind out by you know three to five points at most. I will I will stick a bonus point on the end as the as the tiebreaker for San Diego. I think I think like we've seen in a lot of weeks, the MLR is just it's full of points. And mm. even if it's a tight game, I think it's I don't think it's, I think it's gonna be a losing bonus point. Um I think there's gonna be Four tries. I mean, I say that now, it can be in 73 nil to New England, but <laughs> um, you don't know with this league, it's entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, just, I just think they've got enough about them. And having seen a couple of clips of them playing today, they are they are a good side, they're just not performing. And I know it's a it's quite a big risk, really, to back a team traveling this kind of away, away day. But I just have a feeling that uh, San Diego are a bit of a wounded, wounded, uh, wounded animal, and they're not you know, they're not going to fight back. Um, next up, same day that the late kickoff, 9 p.m. Eastern time, is another game from the best stadium in the league, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. This week, it's Old Glory who are the lambs to the slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think much needs to be said about this. I mean, they've had a good win today, Old Glory. They might, for me, it looks like LA... Um, Tightened up their defence a little bit this week, which was good. They held back uh, San Diego and uh, and you know restricted them after conceding a lot of points against Houston the week before. But for me, I can't see anything but an LA bonus point win. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks is it's probably they can't be you know that head and shoulders above everyone. But today, and against San Diego, they go three tries up inside five, six minutes, they can probably almost treat the rest of it as a training game. We're just going to focus on that defence now. Mm. I'm sure they didn't, but you know, maybe part of that 
thinking slips in. Again, it's literally it's a it's a cross continental trip for DC. It's more or less as far as you can travel. Um, you just think the LA are too strong. Um, I think a win here pretty much guarantees them the playoffs as well. They'll be seven and zero. Yeah, they're, with, they're all, with 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 all bonus points, that pretty much guarantees them a playoff. I think really looking at things. So, yeah, I thought so. Like say, even because they're not going to lose every game from then on, they are just too good. Even if they start to hit a patch of indifference, they they're going to pick up enough wins to get over the line, aren't they? Here's a um, question: do, do you do you think Grand they could Grand Slam this season? It's a long season to do it. To be fair, because they've still got like another ten or so games to go. They'll have they'll have to win eighteen games in a row. Um. I think if I, had, can. if I had a if I had a fiver, I'd stick it on. <laughs> you know, I, if I had a fiver I, for it, I would put it on. You feel they've got to lose. I guess the point comes is like you know, they they're gonna probably clinch the playoffs quite early. Is do they then rest players, at which point they lose games, but it doesn't really matter. Um if they were playing week in, week out that best team though, yeah, I you I just I don't know if a team could really touch them. Like well, they've, I, they've, the, they've given Gitto a few rests already, so but Fizikarty looks so good at ten as yeah. well. <laughs> like he looks confident. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter who you. I feel like you could put me at ten there, and I, like just there's there's talent around them that you could you could do the job. They just look so good, and they they're good up front as well. They aren't just like a good backline. They're not like a two thousands hurricanes team that was just at a shit hot back line garbage up front couldn't get the ball to them like they're they're just an all round they are probably they've got the best pack and the best back line I think the best DC can hope for is a is probably a couple of bonus points if you can get within seven of them I think I the rest of per, I can't, I can't but I think maybe I think a the, try bonus at best. I think the rest of the league needs someone to really wound LA and just Take them down a peg. The only, or the only other thing is they just get the, the egos go out the window and they just start winning every week and they just really go complacent into a game and then like I don't know someone. I, I, I can't see that happening because I think I think they've got too many good guys on the ground like people like Van der Merwe, uh, Dave Dennis, guys who've got international experience who who have been there, who have been in teams that have won a lot of games and they know keeping focus. I mean they've got experience of big games there as well. Got to remember, Van der Merwe was part of that Scarlets team who won the Pro 14 not three years ago. So you yeah. know, there's a lot of experience in there, and I just can't see them slipping up. I really can't. And I think this week, honestly, could be for DC making that big journey as well. This could be a big, a big hiding, and I just can't see anyone beating them until playoffs. I think playoffs no. pressures on. Maybe they will lose if fans get back in the grounds a bit more. I don't know because that's the interesting thing with this league as well. Like each state is doing things differently with their rules and regs. So like people have been watching games. Utah was quite packed out yesterday for the uh, cats game, which is pretty cool. Uh, Gil Groney's had a lot of people at the, the stadium in the Americas uh, circuit, in the Americas of the week. Sorry. So maybe if, if they go an away day, but they're going to get a home semi-final probably. So I just, yeah, it's, I really can't see them beat, being beat. It's, it's going to take over. They're just going to have to rest a lot of people. Or they're just going to get caught napping one day. I mean, to be fair, obviously they've play, played Toronto already and they beat them comfortably. But you think maybe like they're the they're a form team at the minute. They seem to be turning out and playing really well. Utah seem to be able to put points. Atlanta, another one. Do you think? Uh, I 
he wouldn't back them to win, but certainly you think maybe they're the kind of teams that might be able to give them a, a good run at yeah. the minute. I um, mean, Austin seems to have turned a corner since the start of the year. We'll see how they go tonight. You expect them to beat Seattle because Seattle have had a bad start to the season. Um, it's, but yeah, who's going to beat them? I, I don't think it's going to be DC this weekend. Bonus yeah, point win. Yeah, we're both saying LA bonus point again. Can't, can't. Uh, I think that's going to be a consistent feature. I think you'd be mad to suggest otherwise. Uh, so at the the best right. Maybe not the best stadium, but actually another quite good stadium in the league, but the best name by far. Um, Nola Gold hosting the Arrows at the gold mine, which is amazing. King Creola's rolling out the red carpet to welcome the Arrows. This for me is the most interesting game in a competitive standpoint because obviously Nola have been good and we both have a bit of a soft spot for them as well as Toronto, but... Toronto, like you've just mentioned before, are coming on a bit of a run here. So they're coming down to the bayou with a bit of steam behind them here. But we know Nola are good at home. They've won all their home games. So, or I think they drew first game of the season, but they're, yeah. they're beaten at home. So, so, you know, how do you see this one going? I Hard to say. It is hard to say. Um, obviously, a tough loss to come off for Nola. Obviously, that, that sort of deep south derby this week to lose. Next week, Toronto are on a roll. Uh, I don't think their games in the East get tougher than playing New York away, and they've gone there and just steamrolled them. So, you on form, you'd say Toronto. They say Nola good at home. I guess, in a strange sense, in what would normally be quite a long trip uh, for Toronto, is quite a short one because they are based in Atlanta this year. So. It's not too far to travel. Uh, they're probably acclimatized to that sort of humid um, southern conditions. Jimmy, uh, I think weather could play a, a part here. if it's wet again, like it was last weekend in New Orleans. Then I think that suits suits Nola. If if um, if it's a dry day, I. I just think Toronto have been too strong recently. And you, I, I look at that, I think Toronto again, I think they're the team that have come off strong the last couple of weeks. They seem to be getting better. And Nola have been a touch inconsistent. So I think it's going to be points galore. So I'm going to go bonus point for Toronto. I'm just looking at it. Um, I, I can't. I can't see Nola going two weeks, two losses in a row. I think they're too good for that. But Toronto were a really, really solid side, as you said. They're on good form. I just think going down to the Bayou is a tough task for anyone. Um, and in the interest of keeping things exciting, I'm going to back um, Nola for the BP when at home. I just think their home form is just too strong. Uh, Toronto are a good side and they are in, like we said, they're a good vein of form. But, uh, you know, um, their look's got to run out at some point or that, or that form has got to be pushed at some point. Um, whether New York have just had an off day today or just imploded a little bit, we'll have to watch the game back because it's only just finished. But I think... Um, yeah, give me give me Nola at home. Give me Nola at home. I think they're they're too, they're too good to lose two in a row. And then, 
Yeah, last but not least, to round off the weekend on Bank Holiday Sunday. I don't know if it's a bank holiday in America. Doubt it, but Bank Holiday Sunday over here in the UK. Um, it is the Rooney boys are travelling to the Starfire Sports Complex to play the Seattle Seawolves. The boys struggling. So the boys took a bit of a hiding playing against the boys who have had a few hidings. Yes. It's, I mean, it's kind of hard to I guess to go into not knowing how uh, Seattle have done this week against Austin. Um, obviously, the the league so far and sort of that like head and heart dictate you think Rooney to win pretty comfortably, but Seattle have got to start firing at some point. Um, they can't carry on being the whipping boys where I mean, they might win today um, and then push on and maybe go into it. It's home. It's a long journey. It is literally, again, it's the entire width of the country. It's East versus West coast. So it's a long travel journey for New York. I just think they're too good though. New York, are, okay. They've been pasted today. I'm sure they're going to be raring to go. Surely that's probably one you aim up at. You look at that and go, okay, we've been battered. We're raring to go against so far, the worst team in the league. Let's go and have a bit of fun, hopefully. Um, I can't look past the New York win. I'll go bonus point. But yeah, for Seattle, they might be looking at this thinking it's a long journey, a long travel time. Maybe we can, you know, the, if the, the, the journey isn't out of their legs by kickoff time, we can um, maybe do them over. But I, I can't see past New York. So bonus point New York for me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've mentioned travel a couple of times and I just think that the infrastructure they've got in place, you know, Amer- Americans take their sport so well measured. They're so smart about whether they probably travel early in the week and settle in for a few days and you know, have a COVID secure environment or something like that. And I just, yeah, I think for me looking at it, you know, there's no issues around. They're not travelling to out. You know, maybe if this game was in Denver or something like that, I'd maybe yeah say this is a hard road game. But I just think looking at the form and stuff like that, this isn't the toughest road game on the schedule. Um, you know, if they were going to maybe Nola or something like that, you'd be like, oh, that is a really tough place to go. But at the moment, Seattle doesn't look like a tough issue for anyone. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, again, like you said, we'll see how they go tonight. But I just think Rooney have just got too much quality through the middle of the pitch and Seattle look like they broke they break down too easily on third or fourth phase so i think you know new york have got some good continuity and a good game plan that i think just looking at it will just break seattle down quite easily so give me uh rooney for the road bonus point win for sure let's see a a short week next week um, yeah a few, few bye week games eh? a few guys of the week off where do you? This is a good sort of just general MLR talking point. Where do you stand on the bye week as just a concept to maybe be brought into Premiership rugby? Even I mean they, they kind of don't play every week necessarily everywhere, and they have the European weeks. Um, but I mean I think for professional rugby, I think a week off probably a really good thing for at least yeah. once or twice a year. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I think maybe. Maybe instead of the bye week, maybe some like midweek games might be interesting as well. So like you know, just just as an overall thing, I think but bye weeks I'm interested in. I think it, it could work. 
like, like, like we've again, you'll hear this in our podcast that comes out on Wednesday. Some of our ideas for the um, for changing up the Premiership again. If you shorten your season, which is what we're suggesting, with kind of the ideas we spitball about in that podcast. Um, if you make the season shorter, you've got more space to have the odd week off here and there, which again is what the RFU have spoken about doing for the community game, for the grassroots game is, yeah, smaller leagues, less fixtures means you can have, you know, two weeks off at Christmas instead of like a handful of days. So you kind of, you kind of get that thing with it. So I like that idea and maybe it gives clubs time to do a bit more community engagement and stuff like that as well, which is really good or just have a week off and rest the body. Um, But I like the idea maybe as well about, you know, maybe a midweek game as well so like uh you know break that schedule up a bit so instead of having like six games to watch all on a saturday or a saturday and a sunday you have like two games on a wednesday night and then the other four games spread across two on saturday two on sunday because then like people are, it's easier for everyone to watch all the games do you know what I mean because it's not taking up a whole day to watch or a whole weekend so that kind of thing's an interesting experiment as well potentially i think maybe um it might help capture a bit of an audience as well, because obviously, you know, when you're competing and it might be something useful for, I know it's not as much of an issue for major league rugby because they're looking at a very specific audience and they're not competing against American football and such, but they are competing with basketball. So maybe like the odd uh, midweek game for them might even be something cool as well to maybe, you know, stave off from uh, any other sports that are playing. I think, I think midweek, midweek rugby is an interesting concept. I mean, it'd be great to, yeah, get down to a stadium and like a, imagine like a bit of like a a nice sort of autumnal evening. Like, you know, in September, sometimes still a bit hot in, in England, you know, get down and watch a premiership game on a Wednesday evening might be quite cool. You know, hump day deals and all that kind of stuff. Get some local restaurants, maybe doing some food trucks or whatever. I'm, yeah. It's late at night. I want a snack now, but I've been on the bike. This is what happened. I was on the bike. We had a non-alcoholic beer, you know. It's not really filled me. I've burnt a lot of calories and now I just want to eat. Um, so now I'm getting all excited about, you know, thinking like a hot summer's evening in a burger. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Just that's interesting. Obviously, MLR, they play in the summer. Yeah. Um, America is hotter than the UK. Considerably. Do you think there is scope to play professional rugby through the summer months? Is it? The, the Super League, Rugby League, they play in the summer months. I just think, yeah. you, like, you give, because there's a twofold potential benefit. It's A, better weather equals better quality rugby, running rugby, yeah. a bit more skillful. And then two, the major fan base of rugby, people who play rugby, they aren't playing in the summertime. They can go and get pissed and watch. Uh, does it increase your audience? Yeah, in, in terms of fan base, it definitely would. I think in terms of physical fan base, like people going out to watch, you know, a lot, lot of people who watch. Sorry, um, this is it. Well, you just said they're like, uh, have like food vans or what have you, but like, yeah, how much better would that be? On it's still light outside, you know, Friday night, 8 pm kickoff, like everyone's in a party mood every Friday, <laughs> um. And you play an evening kickoff, then like in the summer, everyone's got a bit more energy late at night. And you know, you go and have a few beers, you like have a barbecue in the day with your mates, go, oh, yeah, go watch, you know. Yeah, I think, I think obviously the, the worry, the worry, because the worry we've got with the community game at the minute, um, you know, like our, our senior side at the club aren't playing, we're having a nice extended pre season, which is really exciting for me to spend that extra time with the players and stuff like that instead of being thrust into some, some games that don't necessarily matter our junior teams we want to get out there and get playing because you know 
um, it's their last chance to play before the end of, of the season, which would be the end of May and going into other sports and, and stuff like that before we can start again in September. The worry, obviously, is things like pitches, you know, being rock hard and stuff like that. Now, premiership pitches, some of them don't look great um, all the time. So I think it would just be a case of making sure that infrastructure is in place to, to, to make sure pitches are of the best quality and you can't play on an artificial pitch in that in that uh, weather. I uh, oh, it's horrendous. I, yeah, I've done it. The reflection of the heat is unreal, but it's horrendous. But, but you I do, it, that, do it. Do it at night. Yeah, maybe. And the the idea is great. The idea is really good. I love I love that idea of, of playing it. So so I mean when when are we thinking? But the problem again is is then it kind of clashes with international calendars and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's difficult. I think it's good. This is the, the annoying thing is that two months in December and January, th- those are the months and the bit of Feb that just like kill it. Do you know what I mean? Like, because those months are just so sodden and crappy that it just ruins it. Um, so, yeah. Again, if it's a smaller league, you can take a couple more weeks off throughout December and stuff yeah. like that. So, so maybe you save, you save some games for, for March and stuff like that. But, it's an interesting concept for sure. Uh, and I think it's definitely where rugby league sets itself apart to actually have focus on it. You see how, you know, they, they get pretty good attendances and good following. I know it's like very stereotypically a Northern sport, but you know, the following's pretty good and it's, you know, traditionally a footballing part of the world, especially. So it, it does all right with that. So maybe there's something in it, Dave, maybe there's something think- in it, or at least, at least maybe, maybe a, um, I don't want to because we. I know we've slated the Rainbow Cup, and I'm going to say like a different competition or something like that. But maybe something like that, or maybe like more touring things in the summer. So invite international teams to come and tour, like lower lower key international teams. And again, that's where you maybe grow the game a little bit across Europe. So maybe. agree that that Romania are going to come over. I keep using Romania as my example recently. I just love saying Romania. Um, have them come over and they'll maybe play like Tigers on the first Friday. They'll play Harlequins on the second Friday. They'll play someone else on the third Friday. And then maybe they play England or something at the end of their four-week tour and then they go home. Oh, that would be, I'd be all for that. It'd be cool. I definitely would go and watch that. Because it's, it's only one game yeah. extra for the Prem Clubs to play. And like you say, yeah. it gives you that Friday night vibes and summer rugby. Because, I mean, I I think, I personally, as a fan, A, if I'm involved in rugby, I'm probably going to be busy on the most days they're playing or not going to get the most out of it. If, like, if, they're, if I'm playing on Saturday, I'm not going to go on a Friday night game and get boozed in. At the same time, if I'm playing on a Sunday, I've got work the next day, so I'm not going to go out, you know, and make the most of being at a Tigers game. But, you know, if you're playing your game sort of like Friday, Saturday nights in the summertime... Who's not going to go and watch that? Like that would be. Do you know what perfect, might be? Wouldn't it? Or do you know what might be better? A proper sevens season. Da true, yeah. <laughs> now we're getting off topic because this is the MLR show, not yeah. not the the regular one. But just there's that summer months they do in America. There is that tie in there. I, I think we need to take more take take more advantage of it as as a league. And I know it's a time for a lot of like guys to rest and stuff like that. But if there are pro players who are keen then you know it doesn't even have to be like professional like the professional clubs running the sevens team it could be just supported by tigers maybe or you know or or and pushed it and got a tv deal and you had it at premiership grounds yeah and it's just the 99s versus like i don't know godfathers (laughs) 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 but that's on tv 
takes those tournaments to a bit of a bigger bigger stage or something mm. like that. I, I don't know. Or well, it's like, well, the yeah. HSBC tour, obviously, you, you never get a full house for them, but you get people there throughout the weekend. Yeah. Well, throughout the day, because it's all day, isn't it? It's all day, yeah. day one and two. Yeah. Day two, obviously, is always busier because it's finals day. It's pretty much packed house then, isn't it, by yeah. sort of quarterfinals, semifinals and that. But maybe, Dave, maybe there's something in it. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe, who knows? We're full of ideas. Anyway, yeah. I'd be, yeah. I'd be happy to promote that. I'd be like the Eddie Hearn of Rugby Sevens. I think we'll, uh, before we finish off anyway, we'll just run through the tables for the MLR. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'll just refresh the page in case they've updated from the results that have changed. They've come in. Um, I, I'm not sure if these are accurate or not because... <laughs> It says they get, I'm sure LA have played six games. It says they've played five on this though. Yeah, that the I'm pretty so sure yeah, that's it for you. No, no, it must no, they're like, are they had a bye week LA? I don't know. It is the Eastern Comet is right because Toronto are top. To spoiler, uh, for what I'm gonna <laughs> tell you in five minutes. Um I'm sure that's not accurate. Anyway, it, well, no, yeah, won. no, no, that, that is accurate. That is accurate. It is accurate. Okay, good. We can go Thank ahead. Right. Maybe, I'll, have, I'll see how funny this is or I'll edit it out. Uh, Western Conference, then. No need to say uh, Los Angeles, far and away, top five from five. Five Four BPs points. as well, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Six points clear. Second place, Utah on 19. A three and three record for them. So that's kind of uh, like more or less reflective of the rest of the league. Like everyone's around that 50% mark really. Uh, but bonus points, we've said in the past weeks that Utah are picking up yep. bonus points. Then 19, uh, three points clear of Austin, who are yet to play this weekend in third. Austin win tonight, then they could well be second. So I might have to read edit this afterwards and say what happens. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway. It doesn't matter. So, as expected, the Austin and Seattle game did end up a bonus point win for Austin, 42-15. So pretty comfortable for the Gilgronies. Um, so an update for the table. Los Angeles still top with 25. Austin jump into second with 21. Uh, Utah in third on 19 points. San Diego fourth, 13 points. Houston fifth on 12 points and no points added for Seattle. They're still on six and in sixth in the Western Conference. So four in a row for the Gilgronies. They're looking very, very handy. Um, I expect they're probably hoping for the playoffs on this form. So let's hope they keep it up. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of games to be played still. There's probably, you know, each team's still got a roughly around sort of Nine, nine games to go so there's quite a lot there's a lot of points to play for but you're kind of seeing that pattern emerge now I know I said earlier on that's probably that result uh, yesterday probably seen the end of Houston's charge for the playoffs Because, and I just think that's just because of the patterns that I'm seeing emerging uh, I think you know based on that pattern like you said those three teams are at that top end are looking likely I don't think you can be two and four after the opening six games and expect to be making the playoffs because you've got a lot of catching up to do even though it is slightly tight but like we said before it's all about picking up those little points here and there so um i think the fact that uh like you've mentioned already utah are doing that every game they're getting something out of every game that uh that they're a good good shot i think these cross conference games are going to be really important for utah if they can pick up sort of uh three wins from their six cross conference games i'm 
guaranteeing that they'll be in with a playoff shout if they do that. Yeah. Um, speaking of cross-conference, we'll move into the East. This is where it's very, very interesting. Top of the pile, Toronto. Who would have saw that come in uh, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, ago yeah. We, we said they were, done. Um, they were They were way out of touch. Yeah. Also, their points difference, I think today makes a big difference. Obviously, they're plus 58. They're miles ahead of everyone else. Um, so, fair play to them. Um, but they're three from three, but they're 16 points, top of the pile. Atlanta, they're chugging along nicely in second three and three again 16 points only the 17 points difference though third place rugby united new york they i've got a game in hand so that could make a difference eventually um but they're three from two 15 points uh although probably worrying for them and minus 43 points difference those two defeats they've just been spanked by nola and uh Hmm. and Toronto respectively that could when it comes it's only the two teams and it's this tight to table that could make the difference fourth place again only the five games a game in hand on the top two Nola uh, with that draw is probably not helped them but they've got five bonus points a couple more than New York they're on 15 points fifth place is Old Glory DC again same record 2-2-1 that draw opening day against Nola, they are on 13 points. So that's three points separating first from fifth in the Eastern Conference is literally anybody's game. And bottom of the pile, propping up the table is New England. Again, they're two from three. They're only on 11 points. That's five points separates the entire Eastern Conference. It's it, New England no, uh, get a couple of wins. They're right back in that pile. Yeah, this is the exciting thing about conference rugby like this. These smaller conferences with with a home and away, the games are like how many local rivalries have we mentioned in that division already? Like New York versus Toronto, New England versus New York, New York versus DC, Nola versus Atlanta. You know, these are all really close personal kind of games and, and they're really sort of interesting to watch. And it creates a tighter league where, like you've mentioned, if you lose one or two in a row, that could be your playoff charge gone. I think this. This uh, conference is way, way harder to, to even chuck a fucking guest stick at in comparison to the West. Um, yeah, you know, not Nola, you'd expect to, to really be in with a shout. Um, but like you've said, if you win a couple of games from bottom of the pile, you, you're well in there. But uh, I think these next, again, these cross-conference games are going to be really important because if you know if you can pick up two or three wins there with a bonus point, that's that's a real good sort of stepping stone to push you towards the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a really telling time for New York. If New York, I think New York need to go and look to win at least three or four of their conference cross conference games to really be in with a shout, because I think that they're going to, you know, they've took a heavy loss against Toronto. That's going to be a difficult one for them to play back when they play them in the return fixture. Um, they've still got to play Nola in a return fixture as well. So, you know, they've got a lot of hard games, really that their schedule is going to be difficult for them. Yeah, it's, I, I genuinely think with the East, it. I think it's going to come down to those last two or three games. I think I can't see one of them or two of them breaking away. I think last week we said we expected it to be New York and someone else, and they've been brought right back down to earth this week and got slapped by Toronto. It's 
I, I think we're going to be going to that round 15, round 16, and be those are going to be the games that really, really matter. Um, so mm. we'll have to look out to who's actually playing who those weekends. Um, like we said, is it going to be that, you know, it's the, the, the pressure cooker of that situation is going to, you know, forge the, the, the best steal and they're going to go into the playoffs, you know, battle ready, having to have had to win two, three games in a row and then go against maybe a Los Angeles who have been qualified for weeks and kind of maybe took their foot off and have a chance to catch them napping. I don't know. Mm. Is that going to, or like I said earlier on, are they just going to be a bit punched out by the time they get there? And it's the last thing you want is to have almost two finals the weeks before you've got to win to then turn up against Los Angeles at the Coliseum against a team of superstars and, I don't know, is it just to be one too far for them? It, it, it's exciting. I think this format, for me, is... A, a, the MLO, in a lot of ways, actually, is proven itself to be quite a good template. Maybe how do you, how do you run professional rugby? Mm. You, we talk about, again, this is Wednesday's episode, about where the professional game's going. And we talk about sustainability. You know, the, the MLR has no choice but to be sustainable because it's... A, pretty small to like market they've got to try and grow the game there and get mm. it going and these guys they've seemed to have cracked the code for getting exciting rugby every week and like it, it's every match matters you know if i was you know if we were out there you'd be you know, desperate to go and watch this every week because it, it's almost like you're getting a good game and you can just see look at the table now it it matters it's going to be so close yeah, and and like like many things in life, it is literally just going to be, let's see what happens. You know, let's see who makes these playoffs. Let's see who's got the the ability to get a bit of consistency because every week, like we said, we've seen these swing of results. We've seen some teams, you know, have started really well and are now struggling. Some teams who didn't start great, like Toronto, have now caught a bit of fire. Can they keep that consistency to win sort of five or six of the next 10 or so games to guarantee a playoff spot? That that's the question that needs answering. Can LA maintain and, and guarantee themselves qualification within the next three or four games? Quite possibly, quite probably. Um, and then there's a few dark horses in there as well, like Atlanta have got a good chance. Um, you know, you fancy maybe Austin to grab themselves a playoff spot, which would be an amazing turnaround from them, considering they were a bottom of the pile kind of team in the, the inaugural couple of seasons. So yeah, really, uh, really exciting division, man. Really, really exciting. There's no sort of boring dead rubbers. And I don't think there will be even coming into the last round, you know. Um, I think, you know, because because there's less games, it is like, yeah, a couple of results change everything. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it progresses. I'm excited to see how this is going to grow rugby in America because I think, they, like, you, like you said, they're going about it the right way. They've got an entertaining product and they've got a bit of, um, you know, the great social media for it as well, which is always a great tool. And it's such a simple tool to, to do well on if you've got some people who know what they're doing. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, I'm going to see if Paddy Powell will take some bets. I might bet a, a fiver for LA to do the Grand Slam, win every game and, and the playoffs as well. But no, enjoy be, it, man. This could be the safest bet going. I think if I was Paddy, I'd be paying out on that already. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm enjoying it. And um, I've been working these last two Saturdays. Actually, I've got next Saturday completely off so I can fully commit to the weekend of MLR which is good nice. um, 
But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's been another good week. And uh, let's roll on next week. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait yeah, to see we've been... another good week of MLR Rugby. Yeah, we've enjoyed it. We hope you're enjoying it if you are watching it. Um, and shout out to our our listeners. Um, we appreciate you guys. Keep on listening. Get in touch if you uh, think we're chatting absolute wet and you want to give us some feedback. Or if you agree with what we're saying, let us know. We can touch base and, uh, yeah, you know, chat a bit of MLR maybe. But uh, have a great week coming up, everyone listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, follow us at the 99s rugby on uh, instagram get in touch if you're interested and you can check out our website www.the99srugby.com peace out a town